0: From Steel Valley Media, this is The Frosty Podcast. The Fortune 500 is the iconic list of large companies in this country. When you've made the Fortune 500, you know you've made the big time. It's a measure of prestige. It says they're big enough to play with the big boys. Welcome to The Frosty Podcast. I'm your host, Derek Frost. With me, as always, Tony Perenni. You can find us on Apple Podcasts. You can find us on Google Podcasts. And, as always, you can find us on Podbean. Tony, it's been a great week five. We see you, Charlie Thurber, as our only teams at 4-1. and one. Tony, we were uh, we were talking about you potentially setting records. And how'd this week go for you, Tony?
1: Well, it couldn't have gone much better, really, uh- threatening for 200 points there going into the Monday night game. Uh, we had to, uh, had to put our new intern, Dave Pestian, on the task of, of finding out what the league record was. Not sure we ever really got confirmation on that. Pretty sure it's held by Steve. I was hoping I was going to have something to uh, hold over his head. Didn't end up happening, but still a great week nonetheless for my guys.
0: We actually did get confirmation on that. And let me tell you here, Uh, The the record is currently Steve Groover in 2017 with 199.8 points in week 16. That's the top that's ever been scored. Number two was also Steve Groover last year with 193.7. Dave Pestian back in 2017 with 182.8. And it looks like Tony... I, I you'll be I think next, although you know I think we had a 173 or uh, at some point this season. But Steve Groover does hold that. If anybody is able to get to that 200 mark, that becomes the new high score.
1: You have to try again later in this season. The the season is young so far; uh, it's only five weeks in, and I threatened once. Uh, need to get some more consistent play out of my guy, Odell Beckham here because this is two weeks in a row where he's only had, uh, two catches in games. And it's, uh, uh, pro- not, not really hurting my team, but, uh, hurting my pursuit of, of taking Steve's record there, which is something I, I definitely want.
0: Now, Tony, I got to be honest with you here. Uh, I didn't watch a whole lot of football this weekend. We were on a, uh, on a four wheeling trip, had a great time, but that was all day Sunday. So uh, I'm operating blind here a bit, and uh, I'm looking to you to carry the load for us.
1: Oh, well, I will do what I can. I was glad to hear that you have hit a fuck it stage here in week five, uh, Derek. Um, I'll, I'll do what I can to carry the show, but uh, no promises. Hard to be a one-man band in this game.
0: You know, it is, and I I felt bad for a minute. And then, you know, Tony, you got to have a work-life balance and uh, i've i've certainly put my hours into the show and uh, i think 5 weeks was a pretty good amount of time to make it before i gave up so we're uh, we're doing it live with no prep whatsoever and it's going to be a great show anyways
1: yeah it certainly will let's uh, let's let's wing it come on all right and with that Opening bell presented by
0: Dunder Mifflin Paper Company Incorporated. Now, Tony, going back, you, you started teasing your game a bit. Your nooks and fannies are now 4-1 and one after taking down Joe Reedy's Footloose Prosthetics. 171.9 to Joe's 98.1. Uh, we'll get to you in a minute here, but Joe Reedy now has lost three games in a row... And the last two weeks, really putting up some rough, rough numbers. If you're Joe at this point, are you concerned?
1: I think you got to be a little bit concerned. You know, you you came out of the gates firing to start the season. um, We're putting up massive points. Uh, Even in week three, uh, came on the losing end of a matchup with Kalen, but still put up a lot of points. But the last two weeks, you know, you've seen the regression hit for him. Uh, In back-to-back weeks, which is pretty rare, normally you see it for a week and then you get back to your high-scoring ways the next week, Um, but these are two uh, sub-hundred-point efforts from his squad. He's hit, getting hit with a little bit of bad luck. You know, the Le'Veon Bell has been hurt quite a bit by Sam Darnold not playing, and that continues to to hurt him this week. You know, Luke Falk is just not getting the job done in New York. He doesn't give you any reason to respect the passing game. So everybody's just coming right up to stop Le'Veon. Um, Keenan Allen, teams are starting to uh, double cover him after after his explosive starts this season. And uh, you're seeing the offset to that in uh, Vince Gorgonzola's numbers when you see Eckler going off for 15 catches. Uh, but Joe's not seeing the same production from Allen. He gets, uh, gets Devontae Freeman from me in a trade this week. He comes in and produces right away with 18 points, but only gets two points from Delaney Walker. Uh, that Titans offense has been about as Jekyll Hydes as you can possibly be. Uh, just, just a rough all-around week for Joe. And then, and then with more on the bad luck, you lose Wayne Gallman, uh, really in the first quarter of that game, leaves, with only 1.4 points. And that's the end of your day in your flex position. That's That's hard to come back from.
0: Well, and Wayne Goldman's a guy who, who recently, you know, could could carry the load. And so, yeah, that was a big loss for, for Joe. Now, Tony, on the flip side, your team, man, Aaron Jones, welcome back to the NFL. After a few weeks of him putting up some, as you like to say, pedestrian numbers in the teens coming out and exploding for 49.2 points almost eclipsing that 50 mark and you know as we look at at some of these high scores across the league it was a big day for high scorers but Aaron Jones leading the way and uh, a big reason why why you scored above 170 points
1: yeah and this is a big reason why I kept him Uh, I knew he had potential to have games like this maybe not consistently near 50 points but you can, you can just watch games and see the talent that this guy has and could see that the Packers definitely needed to make it a priority this year to get the ball in his hands. Now, this week was a little bit of a perfect storm for him. Devontae Adams isn't in the lineup. Uh, Jamal Williams also still injured, doesn't suit up. So really no running backs there to take carries away from Aaron Jones. And after last week's game against the Eagles, Packers got a, a little, um, little scared in the red zone, decided to keep throwing the ball. Uh, when they probably could have ran the ball in uh so this week they overcorrected, ran the ball in four times with aaron jones i'll take those points all day long i i'm really really encouraged by where he is and where he's going for the rest of the season because i think the packers are starting to really realize what they have there Uh, the rest of my team kamara puts up a just a pretty average day at the office for him with about 17 points a little bit under his projection Uh, Nothing special out of Wentz. Cooper Cup keeps doing what Cooper Cup has been doing so far. Puts up 26.7 points. And then I get Tyler Boyd from a a trade with Joe earlier in the week, insert him into the lineup, and he puts up 28.3. Just an all-around good day for my team. I am identifying a pretty large weakness in my team as the season goes on. Um, If if you know of any – kicker consultants that you can hook me up with because every kicker I pick immediately starts shanking kicks. Uh, actually this five point effort from Robbie gold might be a high for me this season.
0: You know, uh, Tyler Kerr is our, our resident kicking expert and, uh, I'll, uh, I'll put you in contact, but yeah, uh, yeah, you certainly have had your share of, of garbage kickers and the right names, the right names, just the wrong production uh, but certainly didn't need any kicking in this game as you demolish joe moving on here vince gorgonzola wins against tyler kerr 121.7 versus 113.2 now this was a battle of of teams that were two and two so vince moves on to three and two tie down to two and three. Uh I, I think this was a a fairly standard showing by both teams. Nobody went crazy. But uh for for Ty, Amari Cooper putting up thirty nine point six points in a losing effort. And, you know, a guy we talked about here with Austin Eckler, not really sure what he would do this week with Melvin Gordon coming back, but certainly doesn't seem to really have have hampered his production much as he scores twenty five point nine.
1: Yeah, uh, Eckler's still getting rode in that in that backfield right now, and you could you could definitely see how Eckler and Gordon had very specific roles for this game. Eckler was gonna be the pass catching back, Gordon was gonna get a few more carries, uh, but especially where the game script was. The the Chargers went down very quickly in this game, two touchdowns, and that almost took Gordon right out of the game. So it became an Austin Eckler game. He puts up 15 catches, uh, as we mentioned earlier, kind of stealing some targets away from Keenan Allen there. Uh, he, He ended up still being a very consistent performer for Vince. And I wouldn't be surprised if he's somebody that Vince is able to plug in his lineup uh, continuously moving forward because I think the pass catching volume is going to continue to be there in that Philip Rivers led offense. Uh, wh- what do you think about Eckler moving forward?
0: Yeah. As you look at his stats this week, I mean, he had three carries for seven yards. So obviously Melvin Gordon dipping into the carries, but 15 catches for 86. Now there was not a touchdown in this either, Tony. So if Eckler's going to be that third down back, if Eckler's going to be the guy catching the ball, Uh, He he was going to he's going to have just as much, if not more value than Melvin Gordon is this year. As we know, in a PPR league, backs that can catch the ball and occasionally get some get some carries are going to be great for you. You know, Eckler having three touchdowns through the air and three touchdowns on the ground this year uh, for a total of six touchdowns. It's not like he was one dimensional coming in here. Even if they use him one dimensionally, it's going to be in the pass game, which is more point value in a PPR league anyway. So if I'm if I'm Vince, I'm pretty happy keeping Eckler. And and I don't think, you know, putting up 22.3, is he going to be able to do that every week with Gordon being back? I don't know, but he's certainly worth plugging in there until he proves you otherwise, I think.
1: Yeah, I think he's still worth us. A spot start in your flex position, especially when he gets Saquon back, which it sounds like is going to happen here uh, a lot sooner than we originally anticipated. So, good spot for Vince to be in. Uh, he's kind of he's kind of ridden the emotional roller coaster so far this season, being real, real up to start the season, then looking real down after that as the injury started to hit, and all of a sudden things are looking back up for him right now. So, I think Vince really has to like where his team is headed. Um, probably more than I can say for Ty's team on the other side. Uh, you know, this, this game kind of just went by the projections, right? It's, uh, Vince was projected in the 120s, finished with 121.7. Ty was projected in the low uh, 110s and ends up right about there on 113.2. Uh, only gets heavy production from Amari Cooper. His Rams did not go off for him in back-to-back weeks. Um Gets a pretty good game from Muhammad Sanu, but gets no help from his defense, which ended up being uh, a pretty big issue for him in the long run. Um, Just just really another standard outing for Ty's team right here. He's putting up points about where they are averaging outside of that week four where everybody went off. Um, He's sitting at two and three, luckily. So he's not one of our – well, I guess we only have one one and four team, and he's not it. But – Uh, I I think uh, Ty's name is going to be brought up a bit as we uh, talk about our first installment of the ACT Power Rankings here coming up in a bit.
0: Oh, what a great teaser for that, Tony. Next up, let's talk about Kalen King's team scoring 118.3 in a losing effort against Dave Pestion's Super Sack scoring 140.3. Dave Pescian putting up himself a game. Christian McCaffrey, 47.7 points. Tom Brady, 23.9. And those two guys carry Dave to a victory to go from one and three to two and three. And Kalen King's prestige worldwide is now in the losing column at two and three. Uh Kalen not putting up a bad game at 118. But, you know, we we talked before, you know, scoring about 120 a week will will make you a bubble team. And that's where Kalen finds himself. He was projected at 126. He scores 118. Dave was scored. Uh was was projected at 125 and outdoes it. So uh Tony, what what do you make of this week for them?
1: Uh, uh, Just my first observation is Kaelin jinxed his team coming on this podcast a couple weeks ago. It's pretty clear to see now. Uh, Since he came on here, um, putting my team on notice, uh, he's put up two very low-scoring efforts for his team, especially given their projections. Uh, He's got to find a way to turn the tide there. He's gotten two really uh, pedestrian outings out of Julio Jones that he's not accustomed to having. Um, Travis Kelsey doesn't put up big points this past week. The Chiefs offense kind of stayed in check in that game. Mahomes uh, got a little dinged up in an ankle. Nothing's going to hold him out long term. But when you have two Chiefs in your lineup with Kelsey and Damian Williams and neither one comes close to their projection, uh, that's going to hurt you quite a bit. So uh kind of a concerning spot for Kalen to be in here because a couple weeks ago he looked like uh, he was going to be in the championship picture to the end. And I think his team still has that potential. But it's, it's a disturbing couple of weeks for him because the trend is not in his favor at the moment. But the trend is definitely on the favor of our guy, Dave feston here. We have we've have blasted him quite a bit on this podcast for his start to the season, given where his team was projected to finish. Uh, they started slow, really slow, but. He's now got two wins in the last three weeks and is starting to put up points like uh, like he drafted his team to put up. You know, Christian McCaffrey has been steady Eddie for him. Uh, puts up another big outing there. He is, continues to be the entire Panthers offense. Uh, Tom Brady got back to his usual ways this past week, getting away from that Bills defense. And he's he's gotten a couple consistent outings here from Jarvis Landry the last couple of weeks as a receiver. Um, you know, the his, his team had enough points to swallow up that zero point effort from Philip Dorsett. He still has a bit of a hole there, receiver. Still hasn't really gotten Zeke going. Um, and he finds himself sitting at two and three and uh, trending upwards. Uh, what do you make of Dave's position in the standings right now, Derek?
0: Yeah. And, you know, Dave, who was in that ACT danger zone, now finds himself as a bubble team. And it, it's, it's encouraging to see Dave having a great week. Not only does he get the win here, puts up good points, but is newly hired as intern on this podcast, which I have to imagine is the highlight of his week. So, you know, you mentioned McCaffrey doing McCaffrey things. He had that bad week a couple weeks ago, but otherwise has been great. And Ezekiel Elliott, this is what he does. He gives you high teens, low 20s efforts every week and will occasionally go off for 30 or 40. So you know what you're going to get out of Zeke every week. And it's about this, which is fine, because you can can plan for it. And in fantasy football, being able to plan for projections is everything. So being within five of your projection is going to be pretty good most weeks. Now, you mentioned he has this receiver hole. And, you know, looking at his, his bench here, there really isn't much. It's not like, oh, he should have played somebody else. You know, Randall Cobb was his highest scoring bench receiver at 8.3 points, but was projected 8.1, three points lower than Philip Dorsett. So I think Dave's going to be in this who do I play week in and week out for that wide receiver two spot. And with Jarvis, you know, nice to see him getting this many points out of a really poor game from the Browns. So if Jarvis can keep being the target for Baker, uh you know, it's going to hurt hurt you as an Odell Beckham Jr. owner, but for Dave, uh, it's still going to look pretty good regardless of what the Browns do as a team.
1: Yeah, I'm still not sure that Jarvis is going to give you projection you can count on on a week in week out basis. So, you know, I mentioned that there's only there's there's a hole in his lineup at receiver, but I'm not certain you can fully count on either of those receiver spots right now for him. So I think he's got some question marks there and he really needs to, to find a guy that's going to rise to the surface there. We'll see what happens with Jarvis. Maybe he continues to be the lead target for Baker. You know, Eventually I expect them to get that offense going, especially after, after the next couple of weeks here when that schedule really turns around and they far, start facing the bottom feeders, there's going to be some production coming from that offense. Um, so it'll be interesting to see if, Landry keeps getting fed the ball like that, but uh, Dave needs to find two receivers he can count on on a week in, week out basis. He has that at really all of his running back positions. You know, McCaffrey, Zeke, Carson—they can all pretty much be counted on for uh, decent production on any given week, and and they all have that ability to explode from time to time. But he needs to find that same consistency uh, with his pass catchers. So. Definitely something for him to look, look at moving forward, but his team's headed in the right direction. You, you can't argue that.
0: Next up here, we have the power round rivalry. Now, the record was set straight, and I have to apologize. I hate being wrong. Uh, Kevin Hulick, not a state champion debater. Uh, you know, it's been, it's been 11 years, and I uh, misremembered. That he was not, in fact, on that state champion debate team. Uh, so sorry, Kevin, for giving you credit you didn't deserve. Uh, Tim Taft going on about his speech career. Um, you know, great for you, but generally unimpressed. No state championships. Uh, Kevin, of course, was the was the president of the speech team. There was some concern about impeachment, and, but Kevin, Kevin survived it. So, uh, hard to say whose speech career was better. If I'm being honest, it was probably Tim's in light of Kevin not actually being a state champion. So, my apologies on that, and uh, Bill Klein did not correct me. So, you know, hey, you win some, you lose some. And in this case, Kevin lost twice. Kevin putting up 141.4. Tim Taft having himself a game. 169.1 on the back of Deshaun Watson at 41.7 points. The Philadelphia Eagle defense with 35 points. And Adam Thielen having a bounce back game after his very poor showing last week with 30. Two points. So the power round rivalry did not disappoint. And boy, did Tim show up.
1: Yeah. Uh, Adam Thielen uh, called out his quarterback last week, uh, put him on blast for uh, missing him on open targets, not throwing him the ball when he was open, either him or Diggs, really, just calling him out for not throwing the ball to the receivers and talking about how they need to get the passing game going. Well, the, uh, the squeaky wheel really got the grease this past week. Thielen, puts up 32 points, gets in the end zone twice. Uh, big, big game for, for Tim's squad getting back on track. Deshaun Watson puts up a monster week. After a very slow week four, where he only put up around 11 points, uh, he overcorrects for that in week five with 41.7 in a game that was just a, an offensive fiasco, really, with Houston and Atlanta. Um, and then the Eagles take full advantage of that Luke Falk offense in New York and just feast uh, for a while there. It looked like Tim's team was going to be the high scorer of the week until uh, Aaron Jones started playing on my team. But uh, this is a statement game for Tim's team here because both these teams come in here. Uh, we're trending in the wrong direction. And now it looks like Tim's team. Uh, we might be talking about him, you know, bouncing up there close to that top four. What do you, what do you think about Tim's spot here?
0: Well, the question with, with Tim's spot is, is it sustainable? You know, Adam Thielen has a great game this week, bad game last week. This is all going to ride on Kirk Cousins. And if I'm Tim, I'm not comfortable with that. Kirk Cousins is an up and down guy. Deshaun Watson, you know, we, we talked about he didn't have a great game last week. He's still a younger, younger quarterback. The Houston offense is not putting up 53 points week in and week out, right? So this was a great win by the Texans, a great week for Watson. But at the end of the day, it's not going to be sustainable. So you look at the rest of his roster and outside of Watson, Thielen, and that defense, everybody else has a pretty good day. Not a great day, but a pretty good day. So if he can keep getting these guys who show up and just have monster games, Tim's going to be fine. If he does it and he gets projections, he's going to be a bubble team, which is, I think, ultimately where Tim's going to be at the rest of this year. But if he has a lot of weeks like last week, he's in the ACT playoffs. So Tim's going to keep riding this roller coaster, I think, all year. And it'll all depend on how this eventually shakes out. But, you know, we talked about Tim having some bad luck there with with points against. I I don't know what to make of Tim's team. I feel like he's the team that one day is, you know, championship bound. The next day is ACT bound. And which version of his team is showing up this week?
1: Yeah, he's definitely had some issues with some consistency starting out. I think he has a little more potential uh, to get things going consistently moving forward um, than maybe you're giving him credit for. You know, David Johnson has kind of been that Zeke type player for him uh, consistently putting up the 17 to 20 points there and going them right around his projection. Uh, He obviously has the ability to go off for a couple of weeks for him. Deshaun Watson in, in Houston there. They're finally getting that offensive line fix. That Laramie Tunsil trade uh, seems to have worked out for them quite a bit. Watson only got hit once this past week, and you can see what the outcome was. Uh, that is a very, very explosive offense when it's uh, going on all cylinders. Haven't really even got DeAndre Hopkins going yet, but you see what Will Fuller is able to do when he's fully healthy. Uh, I, think, I think there's going to be more big weeks in store for Watson. Maybe not to the tune of 40 points, but uh, to think that he can't put up consistently twenty plus points, I think would be probably off point. I, I think he definitely has that potential, and I, I think Devonte Adams, when he comes back, is going to start getting some more love from Aaron Rodgers. There, you saw it in that game against the Eagles; uh, they were finally making a push to get him the ball, and the Packers really opened the season with a murder's row of defenses. That that schedule clear clears up a little bit moving forward, so. I think he's got some nice components there that I think you're going to see more consistency from, but I agree with you. He's kind of that, that dark horse team right now. You don't really know what to expect on a week to week basis, Uh, but you could easily see them crashing the party uh, as far as the playoffs go. But if, if things go wrong for him, he doesn't have a tremendously deep team. If injuries hit him, he's going to find himself on the other end of that bracket. Um, Moving across the pylon there to Kevin's team, he just remains snake bitten in these games. This is another week uh, where he runs into one of the top scorers. He has been scored on more than anybody else in the league. Uh, I, I didn't check the updates today on the overall scoring, but I have to think that margin is widening. Uh, he, he's just getting everybody's best game right now. Uh, puts up 141 points in a losing effort, and he ends up being our only one in four team right now, um, which I, I guess looking back to draft weekend was where the projections had him all along, but I don't think anybody expected it to happen quite like this, where he's putting up big points, uh, fairly consistent points on a week-to-week basis and still getting beat. Uh, Chris Godwin's looking like his top receiver right now until Hopkins gets on track. Uh, and he gets another. He gets a big game out of Josh Jacobs there. And a couple of weeks ago, we were uh, kind of putting the spotlight on Josh Jacobs um, and where his point totals had been so far, and how he hadn't been used in the passing game. Uh, this past weekend, didn't really need it too much. He goes across the pond to London, puts up two touchdowns, uh, gets things back on track there. Um, I, I don't know what to think of Kevin's team though, moving forward. What do you What do you think on his? Do you think he has enough talent to turn this around? Uh, and maybe get himself out of the basement.
0: You know, Tony, I don't know because it we're getting to the point where we're we're at about the halfway mark of this regular season, and I don't know with with the way Kevin's bad luck with the schedule has has come about. I don't know if he has enough time left to really turn this thing around. You know, if if he goes undefeated the rest of the way, he's a bubble team. And I don't, I don't think his team's good enough to go undefeated the rest of the way. You know, you talked about Josh Jacobs. You know, we, we talked going into week four, he had one reception the entire year. He had two that following week and three the week after is still getting consistent carries and has had, has put up 12.8 points and 29.3 points respectively. So his team from, from a running back standpoint is getting better. Mark Ingram, keeps putting up his projection Philip Rivers puts up 4.1 points. I mean, just a very uncharacteristic game from Philip Rivers. The, the rest of his team, like you said, is doing well. He's holding on to that Patriots defense. They put up another 15 points. So Kevin's team is doing is doing well in a vacuum, but he just he's running into these terrible, terrible matchups. And I I just, I fear for Kevin, it might be too little too late. Now, the positive side of that is even if he ends up in in the toilet bowl playoffs, I think his team's good enough to avoid the ACT. But I just, I don't know. I mean, at this point, his points against are 50 more than the next team, which is Tim Taft. So, you know, to your point earlier, Kevin is getting hit hard in the points against category and is fourth in points for. So, this roster is vastly outperforming what I thought it would be. And and I think the projections from ESPN, they're 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 Kevin is outdoing where ESPN thought he would be from a point scored standpoint but but man it's just it's bad luck for him.
1: Yeah, disheartening position for him to be in right now cuz he's got to feel like he's pulling all the right strings on a week to week basis. He's making good decisions with his lineup. They're they're outperforming their projection on most weeks and it's just hasn't been enough to get it done right now. So um, definitely has to be a little bit encouraging for him cuz his team is probably outperforming where their talent level was coming out of the draft, but uh, it's, it's hard to be sitting there as the only one in four team right now, looking up in the standings. Uh, you got some ground to cover there. Uh, Kevin's a team that year in, year out has been the playoffs in this league, not real familiar with being in toilet bowl territory. So uh, he's got some, he's got some room to uh, start turning the tide there, but he has to start doing it immediately. He can't Uh, even though it's only luck that's really knocking him down, uh, it's put him in a pretty big trench to dig out of here. Uh, and and also, I also just want to want to throw in just, uh, another correction that we have there. I know we mentioned at the beginning of the show, um, that you had, you had mailed it in here in week five, but I I think, um, looking at the error that you made last week, uh, with, with Kevin's spot in the state, uh, speech tournament. Uh, it, it's pretty evident that you mailed it in last week in week four instead. So I just, I'd want to correct that for all of our, our <laughs> listeners out there. want to make sure that we, uh, we, we properly put a timestamp on that event.
0: Yeah. So listen, this whole podcast is a version of mailing it in. Uh, I am, uh, I am not the, the best when it comes to fantasy football. That's why I'm analyzing it rather than playing it, you know, Uh, Baker Mayfield comes out against Rex Ryan and says he's not wearing any colors. And that's for a reason. Uh, I'm Rex Ryan in that situation. (laughs) So not surprising. I'm mailing it in. I I did for the last four years in the fantasy league. Um, You know, sometimes, uh, you know, you don't let the truth get in the way of a good story, Tony. And the story was great that Kevin was a state champion debater. You know, you win some, you lose some. And Kevin, unfortunately, setting the record straight. You know, if you're Charlie Thurber, you're like, oh, wow, Kevin's a great debater. He doesn't know. Uh, But Kevin, he's an honest guy. And that's why he practices the law. And we appreciate him for it. Uh, So I'm going to deflect, Tony, from what you said. And just uh, pour more praise on Kevin that he clearly doesn't deserve.
1: That's fair. And I I think that was a pretty solid segue there for somebody who mailed it in to our our last game, our game of the week there.
0: So you brought up, Tony, that this was the game Charlie Thurber signed up for. We talked about who was going to take the city of Knoxville. Who was going to take the University of Tennessee? And by God, who was going to take... The Rocky Top Rumble and Charlie Thurber showing up 138.1 to Steve Groover's 120.8. And Charlie just having really an all around good game. You know, not one of the top scorers for this week, but good enough to take on Groover, who finds himself now three and two and third place in that sales division. And Charlie sitting up there 4-1 and one, uh, with you being the only other 4-1 and one team.
1: Yeah, it was a battle for first place, and it did not disappoint. Um, Charlie's team comes through for him, and he did so amidst some two goose eggs on his roster with Mike Evans and Greg Olson both putting up zero points. If they put up close to their projection, this ends up being a house cleaning versus Steve here. He, he comes in and throttles him. Uh, looked like heading into the Monday night game where Steve had Chubb going that Steve might get lucky again and squeak one out uh, in a week where he really didn't put up big-time points. But uh, the Niners kept Chubb in check. They definitely took the running game out of the equation for the Browns very early there. And, in, in, in effect, took Steve's chances of winning the week away as well. Um, as you mentioned, big, big week for Charlie there. Uh, he gets a big outing from Michael Thomas. He puts up 41.2 points. Leonard Fournette starting to consistently put up around 20 points for him, so that that's definitely good production for him. Uh, Tevin Coleman he finally reinserts into the lineup as he gets healthy. He puts up 15.7. So he got some fairly good performances there that helped him carry the day over Steve. Uh, on the other side, Steve's getting Dalvin Cook going on a week-to-week basis. But Lamar Jackson ran into the issues against Pittsburgh that I expected he probably would. Uh, Juju Smith Schuster comes back with an 18 point showing this week after last week's four point clunker, uh, but nobody else on his team really going off for him. Uh, everybody finishing around their projection or lower, uh, and that's how you end up with a 120.8 there. Uh, and when you're facing a good team like Charlie, uh, in a rivalry week, it's just not enough to get it done. Um, you know, we we've talked week in week out about uh, what do we expect from Charlie's team. Uh, does this shine any more light on it for you, Derek? Do you know what to expect from his team moving forward now? Uh,
0: I'm definitely encouraged by the week he had, despite Mike Evans and Greg Olson putting up nothing, but. I guess the question is, you know, I think Jared Goff can easily put up 18 points a game. David Montgomery can easily put up 10.6 points a game. Can Leonard Fournette keep putting up 23? Michael Thomas can't keep putting up 40, right? So I think, I don't know. I don't know what to really make a Charlie's team here. It's obviously good. And Matt Breed is sitting on the bench there with almost 30 points. So, Charlie doesn't have a ton of names that jump out to you and go, this guy is going to be amazing and is going to carry his team week in and week out. But he has enough good talent where, you know, we talked about that, that Tim's team, you know, is going to rely on those guys to, to have monster games. And can he keep doing it? I think Charlie has enough of those guys that they can keep doing it. It's just a matter of, is that guy going to be in the lineup when he goes off? And that's that's going to be the question. But I I definitely feel better about Charlie's team than Tim's team. Uh, And then if I'm Groover, you know, I think I definitely have a good enough team to get in the playoffs. The question is, is what can I do in the playoffs?
1: Yeah, it's a big loss for Steve because he goes from possibly being in the driver's seat of that division, uh, even with some lucky wins there. If he wins this week, he ended up, he would have been 4-1 and one and still leading that division. Now, this loss drops him down to third place. Um, kind of puts him in that no-man's land territory where you could just as easily drop down into the toilet bowl playoffs rather than uh, the actual playoffs. So, uh, kind of a disappointing week for Steve, going up against his rival for the first time in this league. Uh, Charlie with a statement win there. And it's like we always said uh, in coaching at Bowling Green is one of our big sayings. The reward for winning a big game is another big game. So he's fighting for first place again this week against Vince Gorgonzola. So it doesn't get any easier for him. Uh, Tough sledding continues this week.
0: And that'll do it for our opening bell presented by Dunder Mifflin Paper Company Incorporated. Tony, we're going to do a little something different this week. Uh, you know, as we are approaching the halfway point of the regular season, it's time to break out our power rankings. What do you say?
1: Yeah, it's it's about time. You know, we th- thought we needed five good weeks of statistics to really compile to put a, a good one of these together. And I think we have a pretty good set here.
0: Yeah, so let's get into it. And we had to find a sponsor for this one, too. So these are the power rankings presented by NutraTox. Proud home of the Crunch Enhancer since 1989. Nutratox food additives are our bread and butter. Tony, we have six teams that will make the playoffs. And so our power rankings are the top six that ESPN has. In, in sixth place right now is Joe Reedy's Footloose Prosthetics. Fifth place, Tim Taft. And in fourth place, Steve Groover's E B D B B and b How do you feel about Groover being number four?
1: Unfamiliar territory for Steve here, being number four. He's used to being right up there at the top. Uh, as we've mentioned plenty of times, he's he's had some luck this year that has given him a couple of those victories. Uh, doesn't matter how you get him, but he's sitting there three and two, uh, just a shade over 500. This This spot feels about right for him right now.
0: Yeah, I agree. You know, he's eighth in points for. He's second in points against. Uh so Groover really the the beneficiary of a a pretty easy schedule thus far. Um definitely unfamiliar territory. You know, we we one of our staple questions we asked all offseason was, you know, is this the year that Groover cements the legacy? or, you know, the, the dynasty and the answer at this point is no. Now, if he goes on a run and he ends up with two losses or maybe three losses on the whole year, I think, I think maybe you can have that argument again, but at this point, Steve hasn't really shown anything to tell you that he's, he's going to be amongst the best in the league this year. You know, he's made a lot of moves, 17 moves thus far. Second to Tim Taft, But, you know, uh, Groover's team, just just not what it's been in the past. And I think fourth is a is a good spot for him. But, you know, he's he's going to be a bubble team the rest of this year, I think.
1: Yeah, well, he's projected to uh, hit 132 this week, so that'd be a high point for him. He's definitely made some good moves. Uh, He could be some bigger days for him moving forward. He's he's taken some necessary steps to improve his roster. but definitely a little more lucky than good so far on his side. And uh, he's going to have to flip that ratio a little bit. If he's going to continue to climb these rankings
0: in third place, Vince Gorgonzola's grandpa's cheese barn. Uh, Now Vince is the number one team in points for 0.1 points in front of you, Tony. Uh, So Vince definitely putting up some phenomenal points and really sitting about in the middle for points against. So Vince coming in at three and two, but generally has been a very, very solid team. Uh, so how do you feel about him being number three?
1: I think it's a good spot for him right now. As I mentioned earlier, he's kind of been up and down through the season. Uh, looked like a powerhouse to start with, and then some injuries hit, dropped him down a little bit a couple weeks ago. He looked like he was destined for the toilet bowl playoffs. Uh, he's righted the ship. He's got a very, very deep roster, and he's about to get Saquon back here in a little bit. I think this this spot feels right for him, and he's got a big matchup against Charlie this week, uh, which could have some major implications on this seeding moving forward.
0: Yeah, and, and jumping right into Charlie there, sitting at number two. He's four and one. He's leading the sales division. You know, and and we talked about Charlie's team uh, at length but when you look at his points for and points against he's at 603.54 and 603.2 against so essentially putting up the same amount of points he's facing and you know so he's he's gotten lucky to be four and one when really he probably should be three and two or two and three so do you think he's going to be able to hold on to this number two spot moving forward
1: Ah, there's a lot to like about his team right now, especially the way they're playing. Since that clunker in week one, uh, he's been pretty consistently hitting his projections. Uh, maybe not so much going off on a week-to-week basis, but uh, his team shows up every week. We'll give him that. And we've had some major question marks about his roster on a weekly basis, just because we don't really know what to think of it. But here we are at week five, or week six, rather, five weeks in, and he's sitting there four and one atop the division. Uh, just just really impressive from both of our rookie coaches. We had major questions coming into the year, how they would respond to coming into this league, uh, and they're battling for first place this week.
0: And then sitting at number one, Tony. Your team, the Nooks and Fannies, the only winning team in the warehouse division. Tony, how do you feel about being number one through five weeks of this season?
1: Well, gotta say it feels good, right? I, I really like where my ro- my roster is right now. I uh, I I really don't think that some of them have even hit their stride yet. I have haven't seen anywhere close to the best of Odell Beckham yet, uh, Carson Wentz and Zach Ertz. That was that stack that I was looking for. They've only hooked up for one touchdown so far. You have to expect that that's going to increase as the season goes. Uh, I really like some components that I have. I like my depth. I think I'm set up. Uh, for the bye weeks pretty well, so we'll see how that plays out when it hits here in a couple weeks. Um, if I could just fix my kicking woes, uh, I, I would feel really good about my spot going into the playoffs.
0: And those are the power rankings presented by Nutratox, proud home of the Crunch enhancer since 1989. Nutratox food additives are our bread and butter. Tony, on the flip side, the ACT Power Rankings presented by the Basement Fitness, official gym of the Letterkenny Irish and Shamrocks for over 200 years. Now, Tony, we're going to go in reverse order here. So the first team we talk about is going to be uh, nearest to the real power rankings, but in the ACT Power Rankings. And that team is Dave pestions team you know we talked about him and we said it before you know really being a, a big concern for having to take that act but he's turning his his season around a bit and he he's sitting now at two and three he's still bottom of that sales division but i think on a on a pretty good trajectory how do you feel about dave's team
1: uh better this week than I did in prior weeks. I think he's definitely trending in the right direction. There's still some question marks there because his team kind of goes as Christian McCaffrey goes. So if if McCaffrey has one of those weeks in there, where he only has five or six points when a team uh, that is good defensively can really focus on him and take him out of the game. We've seen it happen a couple times. It doesn't happen consistently. Um, but Dave's team is not built to win those weeks. Right now, because especially with the way Zeke is, is putting up his projection, but he's not going past it. Um, very top-heavy roster. So you're going to get some really, really good weeks from them, And you're going to have some really risky weeks if those top performers for you aren't performing like stars. So I uh, feel better about it now, but I, I think there's still some risk there. What do you think?
0: Yeah, I, I... I think this is going to be Dave's story throughout the year is just going to be the up and downness of of his team and who he faces. I I'm still surprised at that, that Dave was is doing as poorly as he's been doing because I just I, and I've said it before, I just thought his roster was going to be really really good. Um and it, it's starting to show glimmers of of that hope, but at the end of the day it just hasn't been there thus far. For points four, he's sitting right about on the bottom end of the middle at six thirty-one. And points against, he's he's having a rough go at it. Uh sitting there in in the top half at six forty seven point two. So, you know, Dave going up against some unlucky opponents and not having the year that we thought he would. And obviously the Antonio Brown thing, I know I know we've talked about it ad nauseum, but you know, that that was a big hit to dave and he didn't have the depth to overcome it so he's gonna keep sitting in this wide receiver hole it's just a matter of can christian mccaffrey keep pulling him out of that hole week in and week out uh you know and and so if you're riding what christian McCaffrey's doing he's gonna have his good games he's gonna have his bad games more good than bad but if you keep going up against these unlucky opponents i think you're going to be a bubble team you know, Joe's team is trending in the wrong direction. So if, if Dave can get a win this week and Joe gets a loss, now, now we're talking about Dave in the power rankings next week. Uh, same thing with Tim Taft's team. So, you know, Dave, Dave's not far away. You know, he, one different bounce of the ball, and, and we're talking about him potentially being a playoff team. So Dave's going to be up and down. I think he's going to straddle this line. The rest of this year, and and we'll see where it all finishes out. It's going to be fun to watch.
1: Yeah, I agree. I, I think uh, I think Dave's team is probably going to be one of the more interesting stories as we go on move, moving forward here this season, uh, because they do have the potential to go off for some big points, and they do have the potential to disappoint you on on certain weeks. But it wouldn't surprise me if Dave is yo-yoing between uh, the power rankings and the ACT power rankings all season long for us.
0: Next up here is a team that has really also uh, kind of been on the downward spiral, and that is Kalen King's Prestige Worldwide. We had him on a couple weeks ago. He was ready to talk about himself being a champion. You know, and this week he has a, he has a tough matchup again. So I, I think this is about where Kalen belongs. It'll be curious to see where he goes from here. Um, he's, he's been about, you know, he, he hasn't been hit with a lot of bad luck. He hasn't been hit with a lot of good fortune. I think we're seeing, t- uh, Kalen's team for, for really what it is, which is why I think this, this position is about right for him.
1: Yeah, I agree. He's been, uh, trending in the wrong direction here for the past couple of weeks. He's very heavy with receivers, a little bit light at running back, and he's had some, subpar weeks from Marlon Mack here Um, Julio Jones the past two weeks hasn't put up points like he normally does definitely don't expect that to continue but some of his other guys Brandon cooks has uh, really been the third maybe even fourth option there in LA with Gerald Everett starting to uh, rise to the surface there and cooks gets an injury in this past game that hurts his fantasy value even more He's got some issues there. Obviously has Travis Kelsey and Julio who can carry the day for him, but um, really needs to figure out what he's going to do with that running back position. Cause if last week's game for the chargers was any indication, he may not be able to lean on Melvin Gordon the way he initially thought he'd be able to
0: next here. No surprise. Tyler Kerr's cyber nine systems, despite having the best logo in the, in the league. He's sitting there at two and three. He has the lowest points for by about 50 points. Uh, and at the end of the day, his team is just underperforming. Uh, you, you know, He has the fourth highest points against. I'm sorry, fourth lowest points against. So even though he's getting some luck in his opponents, his team is just not putting up the points they need. And uh, I, I honestly, I know his his record is better than Kevin's, but I think there's an argument to be made that the ties team is actually worse than Kevin's team.
1: I agree with you on that point. I, I think Ty's probably got the weakest roster at this point right now. He really has to play the schedule game to try and get wins uh, unless he gets another one of those games where all of his Rams go off at the same time. Uh, Which could happen, you know, a couple times a season, but outside of that, uh, he's really got to scrape together some wins. It's got to be low scoring ones. He has to hope for, you know, the worst weeks from his opponents right now to get by. Uh, I've been saying it for a couple of weeks now. I think, I think Ty needs to look to make some moves uh, to try and increase some of the talent levels on his roster.
0: You know, and he has, he he's made 15 moves, which is third, uh, behind Tim's and Steve. So I, I think Ty's Ty's working to do that. I think he's just working from behind. And as we know, the waiver wire just doesn't have that much out there, but, uh, you know, maybe Ty needs to get a little bit more in the trade game. Um, but it, it's hard when you don't have a great team, you don't have a whole lot of, of trading assets. So it, It'll be interesting to see what Ty does the rest of the year. Um, you know, I, I think Ty was, was my favorite to, to take the ACT. Maybe not from a, I thought he would, but I think that Ty taking the ACT is going to be the funniest of, of the group that has to take it. Uh, so I'm, I'm secretly rooting for Ty. Uh, I, I still love you, Ty, but I, I want to see you take that exam.
1: Yeah, it's it's really all about what's funniest at this point. Uh, our, our league has become about 75% about podcast content, and I think that would be great podcast content there. But I think in our other in the rest of our bottom four there, I think there's some other good candidates that I think would be uh, hilarious test takers as well.
0: Going up against our unluckiest team, the number one team on the ACT power rankings, The worst record in the league, the law offices of Saul Goodman, owned by Kevin Hewlett, They have faced 50 more points than the next highest points against Uh, Kevin not doing a terrible job in points for he's in fourth place, but just a very, very unlucky schedule. I mentioned earlier that I don't know if there's enough time, but looking at these, at these rosters, looking at these records, no other than, I mean, I mean, you're, you're kind of running away with it a four and one, obviously Charlie at four and one, but everybody else two and three, three and two, you know, Tim Taft, who's sitting at number five in our playoff rankings has a losing record at two and three. So it's not like Kevin's that far out of it. He really is is a game, two games away from being right in that grouping. So Kevin sitting there as the worst team in the league, the most points against. Uh, but but I don't I don't think he truly is the worst team in the league.
1: Completely agree. And if it's any solace to him, sitting there in the warehouse division, uh, three of the other teams are sitting at two and three. He's only a game back. Uh, the warehouse division is really basically the NFC least at this point, um, this, with the sales team division being the more powerful one from a record standpoint, there's definitely a lot of potential there for Kevin's team to catch up. Uh, if he keeps scoring consistently the way his team has, you got to think the luck is going to turn around at some point. Dude, he can't keep running into these 160-point weeks every single week. Uh, that he that he gets on his computer for these matchups. It's uh, the worm's got to turn if he keeps putting up points the way he has. And those are
0: your ACT power rankings presented by the Basement Fitness, official gym of the Letterkenny Irish and Shamrocks for over two hundred years. Joining us on the Frosty Hotline, presented by Ollivander's Wand Shop maker of fine wands since 382 BC is the coach of capital expenditures coming off his 138 to 121 victory against Steve Groover, the new king of Knoxville, Charlie Thurber. Charlie, welcome to the podcast.
2: Man, what an intro. Thank you. Thanks, Derek. Appreciate it. Glad to be here.
0: So Charlie, how did it feel to take down Steve Groover?
2: Oh man. Well, um, it was just kind of one of those, you just check the box, you know, like you just check the box and move forward. I didn't get too amped up about it. I kind of expected it, you know, willing it to happen. So, you know, it was a close matchup, you know, he had some guys let him down. I thought it was going to come down to the wire a little more than it, than it did. So, you know, Michael Thomas really, uh, kind of carried me, but then again, Mike Evans put up a zero. So it was, a, uh, it was an interesting matchup. Um, you know so we'll see we gotta saddle up and get ready for another big one this week
1: i just want i just want to highlight the fact charlie on uh, last week's podcast that in our pick em segment i was the only one who picked you to win that game so on, on my side on my side it was checking boxes too i had you all along i knew you could knock them off <laughs>
2: that's one of those things i mean i'm cool i'd rather i'd rather stealth in there you know my team is uh it's not going to jump out on paper, but I'm confident we're deep. We're, we're rolling deep. So uh, I was, I was confident the whole way. I knew it would be a tight matchup, but, um, you know, I was confident.
1: It's a good segue. How, how are you feeling about your team here? Uh, five weeks in, uh, sitting there four and one, you've had some, uh, really high point weeks and you've had some weeks where you've, uh, been down lower in the lower hundreds. Uh, how do you feel about your squad right now where you're sitting?
2: I feel good. Um, you know, I got carry on coming back off a of bye week and I'm really relying on some guys who, uh, especially at running back, you know, I don't, I don't have that, you know, carrying card. I got those above average, but not quite elite. You're Leonard Fournette, you're carry on Johnson's. And, uh, I really expected more from David Montgomery at this point, but, um, he's got a nice second half schedule. So there's some, um, you know, I wouldn't call it concern, but just awareness of what's going on at running back. But. I knew my receivers would carry me. Uh, that's happened so far. I mean, Michael Thomas put up 41 last week and Mike Evans put up almost 40 the week before that. So that's helped me out a lot. Um, shoot. I came out week one and it was not looking pretty Tony. And, and you know, that firsthand, I think I put up like 80 or something like that. I got off at like eight points, but, um, we're gaining steam, you know, we're chugging along I got Tevin Coleman coming off injury. Um, and I'm all about depth. You know, depth is good for the bye weeks. It's good for potential trades and, uh, you know, any injuries that may happen. So I definitely feel like I have a deep squad, and that's, like, my priority number one. So we'll see if I need to throw a few players together and get an elite guy who can carry me or if that's just going to be kind of my identity, you know, the utility player identity. We'll see. But right now it's working. So feel pretty good.
0: You got another big matchup coming up this week. Against Vince Gorgonzola's Grandpa's Cheese Barn in the first of two matchups that will decide Rookie of the Year. Uh, you know, Charlie, what what's your mindset coming into this game? Is there added pressure because of the of the Rookie of the Year consideration?
2: Uh, yeah, it comes with the territory, you know. If you're coming into the league with high expectations, you gotta you gotta bring it. So um, I'm hoping I bring it this week. I feel pretty good about pretty good about the matchups that my big guys have. Um, But all you can do is kind of put your, put your big dogs out there and fill in, fill in those uh, secondary spots as best you can. But I definitely feel good about where my team is. Um, You know, Vince, he's, he's got a good squad too. And man, I face him twice. And like you said, in the next four weeks or so. So um, for me, it's this, I looked at the schedule in this middle segment, you know, where I got Groover and Vince where the whole league's looking at that back to back. It's like, I got my head down. I'm just trying to stay focused and, uh, you know, get a playoff berth, but, uh, man, it'd be great to win. That's for sure.
0: Now, Charlie, I got to ask you here because I'm looking at your projections this week and I see a zero and you've moved your entire team to the bench. Uh, is that a, is that a strategy to try to prevent Vince from, from game planning against you?
2: yeah, you can't, you can't give the competition a leg up, man. This is, this is a matchup, you know, as much as the Rocky top rumble, uh, it, uh, is carrying a lot of weight. You know, this is the one everyone came to watch and it comes up twice. So man, I'm not giving any, you know, no one knows what I'm thinking. Nobody knows what I'm thinking. So we'll, uh, we'll see, you know, there's no gauge in projections or anything like that. It's, uh, it's going to be straight blitzkrieg warfare this weekend. So we'll see what happens. We'll see if it pays off for me. Cause, uh, it's a big hit or miss strategy, it seems uh, but it seemed like the way to go, so
1: can't say we've ever seen anybody in this league take this approach before so i'm I'm definitely interested to see if it pays off for you, yeah, uh, gotta keep vince guessing a little bit. He's had some pretty good weeks in there with with his team.
2: He sure has uh, he sure yeah. has he's doing something right, so I'm trying to take take some of that away, you know, I'm keeping it on his toes, and he's got a hundred percent chance to win right now, so we'll let him think <laughs> that and uh. We'll see what happens on, on, uh, come Monday night.
1: Yeah. His highest odds of the year right there. <laughs> uh, Charlie, that was, a, that was a big win for you last week. Uh, it was a battle for first place. Um, and then you win it, you take over first place by yourself, but you find yourself in another battle for first place here yep. this week against Vince. Um, don't want to put the cart before the horse here, but how important is it for you to end the season in first place and get that first round bye? Is that something you really aspire to? Or is there, or is that something that you don't really feel is an advantage for you?
2: I don't feel like it's too much of an advantage. Uh, It's it's kind of an added plus. I want my team to be peaking in the playoffs. Um, You know, if I'm first place or the highest scorer, I mean, that's a, that's an added plus, right? But obviously we're going to shoot for that, but the, the goal is it's a race to a playoff berth. And then after that, it's, it's getting my team right for the playoffs. So hopefully, you know, in an ideal situation, I lock that playoff berth down and then I can start kind of zeroing in on uh, matchups for, for playoffs. And um, if I have a buy fine, but if, you know, if I handle everything right and that works out, um, you know, I, I feel like I'll be sitting pretty.
0: Well, Charlie, we appreciate you joining us here. Good luck this week against Vince. And then you got him again in week nine. uh, So we will have rookie of the year, uh, at least the head-to-head matchups figured out here in the real near future. Uh, But we appreciate you joining us and good luck the rest of the season.
2: Awesome, guys. Vince, I hope you don't sleep tonight.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, Charlie.
0: And that was the Frosty Hotline presented by Ollivander's Shop. Fine maker of wands since
1: 382 BC. So as I've been talking about all week to anyone that'll listen, I have a problem at my house. The fall season has sunk in and my neighborhood in Willowick has just become overrun with road runners leaving skid marks all over the driveway, tearing up our yard, eating all our pumpkins. I thought it was the squirrels at 1st until Don't hear that distinctive beep beep the other day. They're just terrorizing the entire neighborhood. And I knew I had to do something about them before they literally ruin our fall season. So I called up my good pals at Acme Corporation to send me a solution. Acme has all the top of the line mail order gadgets and tools to help you take care of all the nuisances in your life. Need an oversized mouse trap for a tiny mouse? They have it. Need to drop an anvil on the head of an overgrown chicken? They'll hook you up. Need some paint to drop an exact replica of a tunnel for some car to drive into? It's already in your mailbox. That's because Acme has all the explosives, traps, weaponry, and miscellaneous gadgets you could possibly need for any of your tasks. And they mail them directly to your home. In fact, these products post a stellar 23% success rate. I have eight sticks of dynamite coming to my house tomorrow, guaranteed to burn the wick all the way down and not explode until I run out to check on them. Can't wait to use it for my at-home problem. There'll be no more beep-beep in my backyard. That's because I shopped at Acme Corporation. That's all, folks.
0: Welcome back to the Frosty Podcast. We have our final segment here and our fan favorite. This is The Forecast, presented by Goliath National Bank, the world leader in credit and banking. And joining us for The Forecast is friend of the podcast and co-worker of our own, Vince Gorgonzola, Seth Brown welcome to the podcast
3: Seth thanks for having me I'm happy to be here
0: now nobody can pronounce Vince's real last name uh so he's like we'll just say Provolone but we like Gorgonzola so we we know him as Vince Gorgonzola on the podcast do you guys have a nickname at work or anything you use or do you try to pronounce that that horrendous
3: last name oh god i don't even try i mean you can just call him spills we got new o- co- office carpet recently because of him um yeah i i've never really messed with his last name i just call him Vinny.
0: spills i love it spills gorgonzola <laughs> Rolls as, a off the coworker,
1: as a former co-worker of Vince, i can uh, confirm that there are coffee stains all over that carpet all over that building from Vince. He has definitely left his mark in that building. <laughs>
0: so does he does he use the traditional coffee mug or does he have like the travel
1: thermos?
3: Oh he spilled everything. It doesn't matter. Vince will find a way to spill it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no mug is a match for Vince. Unless it's a beer. Then
3: it seems to make his its way to his mouth. Then he's fine. <laughs>
0: See, this is why we, we have people like you on the podcast, because we get, we get to find out these great nuggets of information on our coaches. It's like media day before the Super Bowl, where you get all these like extra things on everybody. Like, Spills Gorgonzola. This is great.
3: <laughs> I'm, I'm happy to contribute to a new na- nickname for uh, Vince.
0: All right, Seth, let's get right into it here. In our first matchup of the week... We find Steve Groover's E, B, D, B, B, and B going up against Kevin Hublick's the law offices of Saul Goodman. Now, Groover and Kevin both coming off of a loss here. Uh, Groover sitting at 3-2, and two, Kevin at 1-4. and four. Steve is expected to take this one 134.4 to Kevin's 118.9. Uh, Seth, how's this game going to go?
3: Uh, you know, I, I, I'm i not going to try and say that full team name. I'm just going to call him the B&B. But uh, I think, you know, he's starting Lamar Jackson and uh, Andrews against a garbage Cincinnati team. Uh, I think Juju finds his way this week with uh, Hodges throwing it downfield a little bit more. And at the end of the day, I live in a uh, Tim Misney household. Uh, I think he's I think B&B is going to make the law offices of Saul Goodman pay this week.
0: Yeah, I'm I'm with you here. I I don't I think Kevin's gonna keep going down that that bad route that he's been going down. We've been talking about that he's he's gone up against some some tough opponents. I think Groover's gonna be looking for a bounce back game. I think Lamar Jackson going up against Cincinnati is gonna have a, a stellar game. Uh, and, and outdo that 23.6-point projection. So I'm with Groover on this one. I'm with you, Seth. E, B, D, B, B, and B for the win. Tony, where you at?
1: I'll go on the other side of the coin on this one. I'll, I'll take Kevin to uh, get up to 2-4 and four and get off that one-win pedestal that he's on right now. He's got some very favorable matchups coming up. Mark Ingram going up against the Bengals. Uh, I think this might be the week Hopkins finally gets on track against Kansas City. There's going to be a lot of points in that game. Uh, Chris Godwin could keep keep rolling the way he has against the Panthers. Uh, I just think there's a lot of good matchups uh, on his side there. And there's a couple troublesome ones on Steve's side over with the B&B. Uh, Dalvin Cook going up against Philly. They have not been good for any running back to face this this year. Uh, Nick Chubb against the Seahawks. Be interesting to see if he can get going again this week. But uh, Seahawks built very similar similarly to that Niners team that just handled the Browns. I'm going to take the upset here. I'm going to go with the law as a Saul Goodman uh, to get up to two and four.
0: Next up in a battle of two and three teams, we see Joe Reedy's Footloose Prosthetics going up against Dave Pestion's Super Sack. Now, Joe coming off of three losses in a row, projected to lose another one here to Pestion, 133.1% to 122.1 uh Seth does Joe Reed go four losses in a row
3: I think Dak has a big th- okay I think Dak has a big day uh I think Keenan Allen has a big day against my garbage Steelers um but I do love the name Super Sack um I think you know this game really weighs on Christian McCaffrey I think if he's healthy you know him and Zeke are going to roll this week Uh, I'm going super sack in a big game.
0: Yeah, this is really an intriguing matchup because Uh, Dak has been showing that he he can be pretty good. Um, You know, the Cowboys obviously struggled this past week. Um, Le'Veon Bell with uh, with Darnold coming back, I, I think, can really put up some numbers. Keenan Allen having some rough weeks. But like you said, going up against that Pittsburgh Steelers defense, I think, can have himself a game. But at the end of the day, Christian McCaffrey has just been rolling. Jarvis Landry has had has done well. Seattle's coming to Cleveland. West Coast teams often struggling coming to the East Coast. Uh, so I I think that Jarvis is going to have himself a good game, and then Tom Brady going up against that New York Giants uh, team that you know it, it's always a big rivalry. So I, I'm with you here. I think I think Pestian Super sack takes it and Joe finds himself at 2-4. and Tony, do you have uh, any good news for Joe, or is this a clean sweep?
1: This is going to be a tough matchup, I think. You look at Dave's super sack squad right now. Uh, He immediately puts Will Fuller into the lineup as his second receiver. It'll be interesting to see if he can keep the role going that he started this past week. Uh, Probably can't count on him for three touchdowns again, but if he ends up being a consistent target for Watson again, uh, that could mean some serious points for Dave. The thing that concerns me about Dave's roster here going into this week is he has three different components in that Seahawks Browns game. He's got Jarvis Landry, Will Disley, Chris Carson. That, that tends to concern me a little bit, uh, from a fantasy standpoint, if that game ends up being a low scoring, 13, uh, 10 clunker, uh, Dave's going to lose this week, uh, Probably won't matter what the rest of his roster does. Um, I think I'm going to go with Joe on this one. I'm going to take the upset again. I think Dak has a really good matchup against the Jets. Uh, that Dallas defense looks very vulnerable. Darnold comes back this week. I think uh, whether Le'Veon gets on track or not, he's, there's going to be a lot of touches for him. So a lot of opportunities for, for some points there. Chargers like to line up Keenan Allen in the slot against Pittsburgh, and Pittsburgh likes to try and cover him with a linebacker. Uh, This seems to happen every single season. I think uh, Allen could get back on track. I'm going to go with Footloose Prosthetics to uh, finally stop this losing skid and get back in the win column.
0: All right, Tony, the one bright spot for Joe. Uh, Moving on to our next game here, we find Tim Taft's The Green Dragon going up against Kalen King's Prestige Worldwide. Uh, Kalen, as we talked about, on a two-game slump, looking to snap that. Uh, so right now, the the projections are a little bit misleading. Tim is projected to win 116 to Kalen's 111.5, but Kalen still has Marlon Mack in there, who's on a bye week. So we'll see who he puts in. But this game might be neck and neck. Seth, does Kalen snap that losing streak? Uh,
3: you know, I I don't really uh I don't have a lot of notes on this game um outside of I love the name Prestige Worldwide. Uh so I'm gonna take uh Prestige Worldwide to win it. Uh roll boats and hoes.
0: Kalen will be very happy to hear you picked him, uh, but I am not. So I think Tim Taft came off of a, a big win last week. Deshaun Watson is going to be at Kansas City. We've seen that a lot of the teams that go up against Kansas City, especially quarterbacks, tend to do well because these games turn into shootouts. And uh, so I think Deshaun Watson has a big game. I think the, the Vikings finally figured out what the hell they're doing. And Adam Thielen shows up. And then uh, Jason Witten going up against the Jets. I think Witten can have himself a game here. So I'm going Green Dragon. Tony, break the tie.
1: I'm going to go with Prestige Worldwide on this one. I know Kalen uh, gets gets really upset when I pick against him in, in this exercise, but it's not going to happen this week. He's coming off two straight losses uh, with very low points both weeks. I, I think just law of averages as he's going to bounce back this week uh, and finally put some points up again, probably get up in the 120 to 130s. I, I think there's going to be some regression from Tim's squad after put he put up 160-plus this past week. Uh, Kalen's got some pretty good matchups in there. Julio Jones going up against Arizona. Uh, he's got the stack there with Matt Ryan. That could be some big points. Edelman against the Giants. Uh, as you mentioned – uh, that Houston-Kansas City game, there's, there's probably going to be a lot of points there. And he's got Travis Kelsey and Damian Williams in there. Uh, I'm going to go with Kalen to snap his losing skid.
0: In our next game, Tony, you're up. Uh, you're 4-1 Nooks and Fannies going up against the 2-3 and three Cyberdyne Systems. Now, Tony's projected to win this game, 131.5 to Tyler's eighty five. Uh, Again, a little bit misleading here. Jacoby Brissett is still in for Ty's team. Likely Aaron Rodgers will fill that void. And then Dawson Knox, tight end from Buffalo, is going to be on a bye week. And likely uh, Seth, one of your boys, Vance McDonald, will likely be in that spot. Uh, So look for those projections to be a little bit higher. Uh, But Seth, are you going with your boy Tony or are you, uh, you going against him?
3: Yeah, I think uh, Tony's going to run a train on the competition this weekend. Uh, You know, I love the running back situation there. Uh, Love Cooper Cup, Zach Ertz, Tyler Boyd. Uh, Really solid team. Uh, Proud of Tony, proud of what he put together, proud that people got us confused uh, at work. Um, Odell Beckham has been a bit of a disappointment, but uh, the rest of the team's strong enough to overcome it.
0: Yeah, that's an interesting point you bring up about Odell Beckham. And we talked about a little bit earlier on the podcast that OBJ has really not been able to get that production that he's gotten in the past. And, you know, curious to see if this is the week that that he can he can really have that big game. You know, he did a couple weeks ago against the the Ravens. Uh, Can he do it against the Seahawks? But at the end of the day, uh, you know, Ty's team has really been an up and down team. But I, I just I don't see how this roster is able to combat just the the pure firepower that, that Tony's roster puts out um, led by Robbie gold 8.1 <laughs> points projected there Tony uh, you rolling with Robbie or are you picking a different kicker.
1: That's going to be a game time decision, Derek. You know, I, I can't pick my kickers ahead of time because I'm definitely going to pick the wrong one. So I think maybe if I, if I leave that decision till the very last second, maybe the kicker won't know he's in my lineup and maybe I'll stand a chance of actually making some field goals for once. Um, <laughs> looking at the rest of this game, I, uh, this, this is screams trap week for me. I'm just hoping my guys come to play. I don't have, or I have some unfavorable matchups this week, so I need them to survive those, uh, Tyler's team uh, doesn't score a lot on a consistent basis, so got to make sure my guys put up enough to win this week. Uh, I, I think I think Ty's going to put up a good good showing against me, though.
0: Yeah, I definitely think Ty's going to Ty's going to show up to this game. And, uh, you know, again, going back to that kicker, you know, Ty's got the number one kicker in the game right now with, with Greg DeLay, Greg Zerline. Uh, so, you know, if you need some kicking advice, I don't know if Ty's going to give you kicking advice in, in midweek. Uh, on, on, you know, on, on a week he's playing you, but, you know, ties the guy to reach out for, for that. If you were not sure moving on here into our marquee game of the week, we see the rookies going up against each other. Charlie Thurber's capital expenditures going up against Vince Gorgonzola's grandpa's cheese barn. Now, Seth, this is going to be a hard one to pick. Because Charlie Thurber has put his entire roster on the bench. We don't know who he's planning to play. Uh, Vince Vince Gorgonzola's grandpa's cheese barn projected for one eighteen point one against Charlie Thurber's zero. Uh, you know, Seth, who, who takes this one?
3: Uh, you know, this was a tough one. Uh, I, I obviously you don't know what Charlie's going to do in this one. Uh, so I went to my default, which is team name. Uh, I'm a finance guy, so I like the capital expenditures. I also loved Grandpa's Cheese Barn, though. You know, underrated pickle game there as well. Uh, the tiebreaker just ended up being that uh, Vince is a bad locker room guy. Uh, I looked through our text recently, you know, texted him for some career advice, Texted me back, in, you know, 14 days later. Uh, so that decision has already been made. And then he's also one in three in happy hours recently attended so uh bad locker room guy vince uh, i'm taking charlie
0: you know and that's that's something i think that we don't spend enough time talking about is is there's more than just on the field production there is that you know what are you like in the locker room do you show up to happy hour and do you text your boys back when they need help and you know i was gonna go vince in this one but seth you have you have made me just Feel that that Vince just doesn't deserve to win this game, and so I'm I'm gonna go Charlie. Uh, you you talked me into it, and I'm I'm disappointed in you, Vince. You know, show <laughs> up to some happy hours, and when a man calls you and asks you questions, you know he needs some advice, needs a little help. You call a man back.
3: Yeah, I mean he's just trending toward Antonio Brown, and uh, you know I'm worried about him, but uh, got to pick against him.
0: No, I, I that's fair, Tony. Please tell me you're making this a sweep.
1: Uh, I, don't, I don't know if Vince can overcome these character concerns that are coming up here. Um, you know, you, you start throwing around the name Antonio Brown. We've talked about him way too much on this podcast. Uh, I am in no mood to talk about him anymore. Uh, I, I, I think I think Seth may have just swayed me there. That that happy hour record is obscene. Uh, you can't, can't see it going that direction. He's trending in the wrong direction. And uh, in, in talking to to Charlie earlier. Sounds like he really has some good strategy for his team. I'm excited to see how this uh, not showing your hand strategy plays out for him. I'll give I'll give it a, cl- a clean sweep. It's going to be Charlie. He's going to be sitting alone there in the top of that division.
0: And that'll do it for the forecast presented by Goliath National Bank, the world leader in credit and banking. Thanks again, Seth, for joining us. He uh, did a great job picking. And you know one thing we have to talk about is how these picks have gone thus far, and so uh, we asked our intern, our new intern Dave Peschen, to run the numbers. Now, obviously, uh, Dave, being a new intern, is struggling a little bit with uh, with direction, following direction. So, you know, as as you all have known, Tony has not picked his his own game. Uh, so, when we take out Tony's picks. Tony has picked eight right, Uh, 12 if you include his four wins, which Dave gave him credit for. But he has picked eight of the 25 right for a 32% correct pick rate. 32. That's not even one-third, Tony. That's terrible. Uh, Your boy here, Derek, me, I've picked 11 correct to give me a 44% but our guest pickers, our guest pickers have been phenomenal. 12 correct picks to give them a correct rate of 60%. Elliot Pestian was a perfect five for five in week three. So, Seth, we'll see what you can do, my friend. Uh, but right now, the guests are taking it. Uh, how do you, How confident do you feel about your picks for this week?
3: Oh, I'm very confident. I'm coming for that uh, 5-0 and record. Uh, you know, may- maybe we have a pickoff at the end of the season if we have a few 5-0s. and um, You know, just happy to be a part of it. Happy to uh, trash Vince.
0: Excellent. Thank you for joining us, Seth. I'm sure it won't be your last time on the podcast. We'd be happy to have you back. <laughs> All
3: right, thanks.
0: That'll do it for another episode of the Frosty Podcast. Again, the Frosty Podcast is presented by Steel Valley Media on behalf of the Fortune 500 League. I'm your host, Derek Frost. Your co-host is Tony Perini. Our overworked and underpaid intern is Dave Pescian. Special thank you to Charlie Thurber and Seth Brown for joining us. As always, thank you for listening. Good luck to all the fantasy owners this week. And for those of you in our ACT Power Rankings, it may be time to start studying sentence structure and formation. That'll be on the test. We'll catch you next time.